Britney Spears and all those. Oh, like, oh my God, the- Hunter, you make a Britney Spears voice? Yes, I do. Britney Spears impersonation. <laughs> Can you hear I it? Do. She does. Do we have the honors of hearing it now? <laughs> Are you guys going to put this on the podcast? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it, might, it might just make it in. Do it. Come on. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. My phone just dropped because okay. I was in such... Oh my god, I'm so I was not expecting this guys. <laughs> kind of on the spot there. Alright, alright. <clears throat> I gotta like take yeah. it. <laughs> alright, three, two, one. Hello listeners, welcome to another episode of Get With The Times, your one-stop shop for all things media and current events. You are joined as always by myself, Maria Garcia, and my dear friend Irene Babu. But on today's episode, we are also joined by Hunter Blair Ambrose. She's joining us straight from New York to talk about her music and the music industry more broadly. But before we begin, Hunter, how are you? Doing pretty well. How are you guys? Good. Great. We're so happy to have you on. Thank you for having me. This is the... uh... This is the first time I'm doing a podcast like this, and I'm like a big podcast consumer mm-hmm. myself, so this is super fun for me. We're Great. so excited to have you. Tell, tell us a bit about yourself. Who is Hunter? Um, so, hi, guys. Hi, listeners. Uh, my name is Hunter <laughs> Blair Ambrose. <laughs> Live from New York. It's Sunday night <laughs> on the East Coast. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a professional recording artist and a singer-songwriter based out of New York and Boston. Um, I've been working professionally in the music industry, um, beginning first as a songwriter and now as a full-time artist since about 2013. Um, went to Berkeley College of Music for a little while in Boston. That's how I know uh, your lovely host, Maria. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that was my next question. How do you guys know each other? <laughs> Maria, do you want to take this? Yeah. Um, well, we met in 2016, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I did a semester abroad at Berkeley College of Music's uh, Valencia campus. Mm-hmm. That was in Spain. And of course, I met a bunch of people from Berkeley. And one of the people I met there was actually Hunter's housemate. So when I moved mm. back to Boston, that's how I met Hunter because they were living together and yeah, it was a really cold winter, and yeah, we just became friends from the start. Winter night, I met. Uh, I <laughs> a met cold Hunter. winter night, I met Hunter. <laughs> it's good that you're giving us details. Oh, and the Hunter, night you met <laughs> Hunter. I remember. Oh man, she was just such a character. You know, she had red hair. Um... What was your first impression? Let's hear it. I. Oh I my think god. We, we vibed right away. Like I, as soon as I met her, I was like, "Yeah, she's my kind of person." Like I just okay. want to be friends with her, and Aww. the rest is history. Did you feel the same way, Hunter? You can be honest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank God. What a relief. It was. It was. Uh, it was love at first sight, Maria. I've always yeah. wanted to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, <laughs> guys. Oh my God. So okay, no. cool. That's an awesome story. Is it the same version for you, Hunter? For me? Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, I remember that I don't remember specifically how my then roommate at the time, uh, I don't remember where we met up first, but I remember like my roommate at the time had just come back from studying abroad in, in Spain. And she was like, oh, I know this girl, Maria, like, we're really good friends. Like, she goes to Emerson, which was a college nearby where I was going to school. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, at the time, me and my roommate were, like, best friends. And Maria and I just hit it off. And <laughs> I think Maria is going to, as the podcast goes on a little bit, I think. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into a couple personal anecdotes that okay. uh, <laughs> are related to, to my album. Yeah. And, and Maria has a, a very good input on uh, that. Yeah. Bit- yeah she is a big part in that mm-hmm. whole story so I, we'll get to that mm-hmm. yeah we <laughs> will I'm excited to hear I'm excited to hear yep. so you're in New York Definitely. now what's your situation been like during the pandemic really how has so it affected actually, the music industry and all that tell us so I actually am currently living full-time in Boston um I was living in New York up until about March. And it's interesting because I didn't actually move back to Boston for reasons related to COVID. Um, And I think in early February, I I was getting the itch to move back, but I have been going back and forth between Boston and New York quite a bit. Um, It's been rough to say the least. I I think we all kind of knew that New York had been really like hit very hard by the pandemic. Yeah. Um, Back when things were first, taking off and the lockdown was happening. So that was obviously hard. Um, I definitely stayed away from that area for a while until things calmed down. But in terms of the industry, I mean, I think if you ask anybody who's a performer or an artist, what the most difficult part of this whole thing has been, it's been the lack of opportunity to perform. Mm. And it's been such a big deal because financially a big pull for us is doing live shows Mm -hmm. and also we're just you know it's hard emotionally not being able to do that I mean that was such a big part of what I love to do um and a big part of my career and I miss it I miss it so much yeah um yeah I haven't been on stage since I did I did a New York Fashion Week performance in February and that was the last time I was on stage Mm. yeah I just hear so many musicians being sad about not being able to perform and uh, I think I just saw Khalid's tweet yesterday saying how much he misses tour, Aww. touring. Um, yeah. And I also read uh, one of the funny tweets that I read from Lil Nas, you know, the person, the guy who put out um, Old Town Road. Oh, God. <laughs> and you know how he has a hundred million remixes of that same song and that's the only song he's ever put out. <laughs> and yesterday yeah. he had this tweet that said, um, I need to put out new music because I'm running out of Old Town Road money. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my was, God. I just found him. Like, he's just such a funny character. Love him. I'm running out of old town yeah. patience. <laughs> oh man. Oh, okay. Man. So you would say like it's affected you a little bit, um, you know, professionally. But um, are you excited? Do you see? Do you foresee a time where you can start touring again? Yeah. Well, actually, what's kind of funny about this whole thing is right before the pandemic happened, I was actually working for Live Nation, which is the biggest. Uh, concert promoting mm. company in the United States, probably in the world. I don't know, probably, but um, I was working as like a social media rep for them and they were going to launch their influencer program, which I was going to be a part of. So that kind of sucks, the timing of all of this. But they pretty much told us to bank on next summer. I'm not going to be the one to say that definitely, yeah. but as far as I know, large live events are probably not going to be in the clear until well into 2021, which yeah. sucks, but. 
yeah. 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 But but at least you know you released an EP in the middle of the pandemic. Like, what was that like? Um, super bittersweet mm, for sure. I bet. Uh, yeah. I originally was going to put it out at the end of 2019, and just for personal reasons and we were doing some fine tuning on the production and everything we decided to put it out in the spring and at that time nobody could have foreseen mm. this world event happening and I mean we were going to do a release party and all kinds of celebratory stuff that obviously didn't end up happening because it came out in the middle of this yeah. and um but but regardless of all that like i'm so proud of the record i'm so proud of the work that everybody put into it it's a like very personal um piece of music for me and it you know tells a bit of a story that's super near and dear to my heart and i'm, I'm proud of it you know regardless of this weird time that yeah. we're all living in so yeah yeah we'll get into yeah. the album uh, more you know through as we go through this podcast um let's jump into all the really like yeah um hunter before we begin we start every every episode with kind of like recommendations we're giving listeners so do you have any recommendations for us today mm, yes i do um <laughs> so i've been super nostalgic through like this whole pandemic I, I don't really know why i've just been kind of like on this streak of revisiting the good old days i guess yeah. um i would say it's kind of uh it's regarded as like a modern classic in the world of hip-hop but take care by drake is such a great like heart oh, it's such it. a great heartbreak record and it inspired my record my own record so much and i just it's gotten me quite in my feels during quarantine it's a goodie <laughs> um but in terms of Oh, in terms, I don't watch a lot of TV, guys. I gotta be honest. I don't watch a lot of Netflix. Um, I would say, yeah, a lot of my recommendations would be musical, but um, somebody that I find is really calming and has like a very soothing energy musically is Jenna Aiko. Mm. Um, she's like a modern R&B singer. Um, she's done like a ton of features for a lot of huge artists, but she just put out an album called Chilombo in March. Um, mm. that was amazing, and also the weekends after hours was an incredible oh, album. Really good, yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. yeah. So good. every song, he's every the, song, yeah. He's gonna walk away with many Grammys next year, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, we'll take you. Do you want to bet on it? <laughs> yeah, I, I do actually. I do, <laughs> yeah, I do right here, right now. Yeah. Five dollars, I'll yeah. Venmo you. Five dollars. <laughs> Oh man, I don't have Venmo anymore, yeah. but maybe it works somehow. Oh man. So is <laughs> I'll that send you a personal check to Australia? Yeah. Five dollars each. <laughs> Thank by you. The way. I, yeah, I... okay. <laughs> so is that all your recommendations? Uh Chromatica by Lady Gaga was pretty solid too. Mm. Yeah. 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 Cool. So what's um yeah, so you know, that's a good segue. Like I wanna ask you who are your main musical aspirations and why yeah um well i mean the quickest segue into that is that lady gaga has been such a huge inspiration for me probably for the better half of my life at this point i've looked up to her since i was about 13 um, and she's had such a profound influence on me as a person as, as a female in music all of that um 
really helped my self-confidence growing up and helped me kind of like hone my own talents, kind of like just looking up to her as much as I did. Um, but I have a lot of other inspirations as well. Um, I would probably cite The Weeknd and Ariana Grande as probably my two other uh, most significant musical influences. But then I'm also, um, I take a lot of inspiration production-wise from a lot of hip-hop artists. And I'm a very big mm-hmm. f- fan of Kanye West in that respect. And um, mm. I'm also a big Drake fan. Mm-hmm. Um, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And also I'm, uh, as far as some like classic artists go, I really, um, I have been inspired by Michael Jackson for quite some time. Mm. Um, probably one of my first favorite artists in my life was him. And I've looked up to him since I was a little girl. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of Stevie Wonder too. And Britney Spears and, all those oh, like, oh my all god the- hunter you make a britney spears voice yes i do britney spears impersonation I, can you hear I it do. she does do you have the honors of hearing it now are you guys gonna put this on the podcast yes it is <laughs> <laughs> it, might, it might just make it in do it come on oh my god okay all right my phone just dropped because i was in such oh my god i'm so <laughs> i was not expecting this guys <laughs> kind of on the spot there I gotta like take it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, three, two, one. Oh, baby, baby, how are you supposed to know? There you go. Oh, <laughs> wow. For a second, I was like, we got Britney Spears on our podcast. <laughs> that was awesome. It's, it's excellent. It's better in real life. Oh, wow. She, she, even, yeah. has she, she even had the face and the expressions and everything. Nailed, <laughs> nailed it. Wow, I'm in the moment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Nailed man. it. Nice. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Sorry for putting you on the spot there, Hunter, but <laughs> no, like, we okay. just had to do it. We just had to. Um, speaking of female artists, Hunter, <laughs> what is it like to be a female in the music industry? Um, so that took me out of my element for a second. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, I would say being a female in uh, pop music specifically, it's it's super empowering. Um, and I do find it very rewarding because it's been a dream of mine since I was very little. And um, all my heroes really growing up were these great, you know, giant pop music titans, um, most of which were female. And I've, that's just always been, you know, such a yeah. huge dream of mine. Um, and uh, being in the entertainment industry as a woman, it takes a lot of hyper awareness at all yeah. times um and like self-analyzation um because you're just like constantly like switching things up and reinventing yourself and like whether that's you know musically or like a visual component to that too um it's just it's a constant um it's a constant hustle mm. for sure okay. you, you don't really ever stop you know i i know that some people do get to the point where they want to switch uh switch gears in their career a little bit or um slow down take some time for themselves personally but you know if you're if you're really striving for a career in music at that kind of high level it really is like a constant um yeah constant hustle for yourself Mm. to kind of get to that place Mm. a lot of hard work yeah 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 no i remember um the reason why I'm asking is because I remember when I was at Berkeley College of Music, it was mostly it was the opposite of Emerson. So actually, 
a lot more men than women. And I was just wondering, like, what is it like to be kind of in like that male dominated space? Yeah. Um, so it's interesting that you bring up kind of the gender um, demographics at Berkeley, because I actually think that it is very uh, self-reflective of the reality, reality of the music industry as well. Um, at Berkeley, it's about 70% men, 30% women. Mm-hmm. And if you kind of look into how many men are either like record executives or managers or, you know, the head of the recording Academy and all these different like high level organizations. Um, a lot of producers are male too. It's just, it is a very, as much as I am so proud to be a female in this industry. And I think that we contribute volumes to entertainment as a whole um it is a very male driven industry for sure and i've definitely experienced um a lot of the cons of that firsthand i would say mm-hmm. um but you know it's it only serves as kind of a drive to really like you know work hard and um yeah showcase my work ethic to other people cuz you know yeah it's very, uh, you, you got a lot to prove, yeah, yeah, you know, in this industry. Yeah, I remember, um, seeing uh, Taylor's watching Taylor Swift's um documentary recently called Reputation, and in, mm-hmm. in that, like, there's this portion of it where she's talking about also like what it what it's like to be a female in the music industry. And she talks about how she has to reinvent herself with every album because people get used to her and people stereotype a person. That's why people still can't stand that she made it made an album like reputation which is so contradictory contradictory to her country music that she used to do in her first album so people are not able to box her and that like frustrates people they're like no we want the old taylor back oh she you know Mm -hmm. she's changed or like people have like people cage artists so much that you should be the specific kind and you just stay in that like don't try to go too crazy and also if you don't go drastically if you don't reinvent people have an issue with that as well and I think that's so yeah. relevant for women rather than the men in the industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I totally agree with you. And something that I've noticed just looking at different, um, all these different female pop stars career is that there's such like a hypocrisy in the sense of like, like takes, take somebody like Gaga who like has explored so many different like musical avenues in her career and switched up her style so much and explored all these different genres. There are just, there's always this, um, there's always like a certain amount of people that'll say stuff like, and this isn't just related to Gaga, this is related to so many different artists, but there's so many people that'll be like, oh no, like I want like this artist's signature sound back and they were so much better when like they stuck to like their original sound that made them famous and like, Oh, I just want the old Gaga back or the old Taylor. But then there's also people that'll be like, Oh, well, she's just like a one trick pony and she only does one type of thing. And I wish she would like switch it up. And like, exactly. um, It's just, you can never, um, please, please. Yeah. You can never win in some aspects. Yeah. Yeah. And even you Hunter, you were telling me that you were worried about turning 26 next year and how like, you know, you're expected, like you said this, like male artists have like kind of like a longer shelf life in pop, mm-hmm. at least. Mm-hmm. Like, is that something that worries you or how do you feel about that? I'd be lying if I said to you that I don't think about it and I'm not a little conscious of it because 
you know, it is such, there's so much ageism in um, the music industry and in regards to uh, big female artists definitely deal with that a lot more than men. Um, Because I I remember actually bringing up Taylor Swift again. I remember she was talking about this too. And I think it was this article she did for, I want to say Elle magazine or some, some huge magazine. And she was talking about turning 30 and she was saying like, it's kind of like once you get into your thirties, if you're a woman in in pop music, you kind of get taken out to the metaphorical elephant graveyard of these performers Mm. where, you know, and there is a lot of young, new, fresh talent coming every single year, but I don't really think it should be, you know, that you're in the twilight of your career just because you're in your thirties. I don't, I don't see that at all. You know, if you're making great music and you know, you are, keeping up with your fan base and you're still, you know, really passionate about what you do. I think that's, that's great. No yeah. matter how old you are. Yeah. 100%. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And also, yeah. yeah sorry. Even I remember, like, do you remember the performance by Shakira and people, people in Colombia gave her so much shit for, you know, they were like, Oh, she's so old. Like this is supposed to be a show for young kids. Like why is she dancing like this? You know, kind of like, you're allowed to perform and, whatever way you and want, no matter your age. And also, like, no your when age. you become a mother, like, when you, once yes. you've given birth, people yeah. are like, okay, all right, it's time for you to sit back now. Exactly. <laughs> hang it up. Like, yeah, hang, hang it up. up. Hang it yeah. up. Like, Same with J-Lo. Yeah. I remember that performance was, yeah, can you believe that was in this year? No, it feels like two years <laughs> no, ago. No, I cannot. No. Right? Yeah. That was the last, oh, like, no. hype, hype thing that happened. <laughs> yeah. The Super Bowl, yeah. Yeah, Crazy. that was the last concert I went to, too, because I was in Miami for Super Bowl weekend. And I saw Gaga. She performed the night before the, the game. So it was like the night before the Super Bowl. That was like the last fun thing that I did. <laughs> yeah, oh I was God. talking to Marie about this earlier that, you know, we have three memories from this year, like really good, good yeah. days. <laughs> yeah. 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 The rest of it all is like, what happened in 2020? Like you can just name what it happened? in your in your like one hand, one single hand. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But now that we are actually talking about performance, like how do you create a balance between being sex positive and like exploited in a male driven industry? I prepared for this question. Um, <laughs> so I, I would say, cause I actually remember when we were talking before we did this and we were talking about this topic in particular. Um, I think that it's really important to keep in mind that sex po- positivity comes from you and yourself first and foremost. And you know what? Like, I think what I've come to realize is that this topic, it's also a matter of understanding some women really like to be super modest and, you know, don't like to present themselves that way. That's perfectly fine. And there are some women that, you know, are really confident in, you know, their own sexualities. And that's a big part of, you know, how they feel empowered and, you know, want to display that openly for people. That's okay too. You know, it's just like, it's a matter of personal um, preference to me. And, um, you know, in the industry, a lot of it is, um, you know, dressing a certain way and like, you know, revealing like a certain amount of skin a lot of the time. And there, there is, you know, that phrase like sex sells. And I think that's especially true in the music industry. I don't necessarily find that to be problematic at the core. What I do yeah. find to be problematic about it is when it's framed to be uh, only for the purpose of 
you know, the male gaze, so to speak. Um, because for me personally, I'm kind of more on the spectrum of, I, I do find a lot of personal confidence and empowerment in, you know, uh, talking about my sexuality and, um, I, I do like to dress, I guess, uh, provocatively to a certain extent. And I do talk about, um, sex and relationships in my music a lot. And, um, yeah, I just, once you find like the right balance for you, I think it's just a matter of harnessing that and feeling good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, totally. Like, do you remember the whole Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion uh, WAP music video? Like how that was such a yeah. revolutionary controversial thing. Yeah. Like when it shouldn't yeah. be, you know, like, exactly. Why, why was, the... yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't really get why that was such a controversial thing to begin with. I, I think we, I don't, I don't recall seeing anything in the video where I'm like, oh, wow, I've never seen anything like this before. I hear that shit all the time. Like, totally. I don't find it <laughs> especially problematic. <laughs> like, there, I remember, like, hearing a lot of, um, like, super conservative, like, talk show hosts being like, this is so disturbing for our children. I'm like, well, I don't, they are not making music for your seven-year-old children. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't find it especially shocking. I mean, I do think that it is adult targeted content for sure, but I don't find it especially uh, yeah. shocking yeah. personally. I don't know. Yeah. And I also think <laughs> yeah. that like the male artists have done this before. Like they've had Completely. music videos where it's yeah. like, whoa that's explicit you know and like a hundred women around them like and they they they're they're okay to do that and there's no backlash for that and somehow the audience mm -hmm. understands that this is an adult content and like they move on but somehow mm -hmm. when you know when cardi b or like whatever you know other artists do this suddenly everyone's like blown apart and they're like what like what were they thinking and mm -hmm. you know what yeah what are they trying to imply through this yeah, right. really yeah. hypocritical. Yeah. Well, I'm going to use like the an analogy of kind of like two Super Bowl performances that we had. Like I remember when I think this was in 19, like 2019. And I remember like, and I think this was to be in contrast to kind of some of the backlash that Shakira and JLo got. And I remember people being like, well, if Adam Levine can like literally take his entire shirt off and kind of just walk around and like, everyone's fawning over him and you know the production in my opinion the performance and production value of that performance was not nearly yeah as agreed yeah, yeah totally <laughs> i agreed. mean that was a completely all due respect to like all performers because it's a lot of hard work no matter who you are but like jlo and shakira did the damn thing yeah right yeah 100 <laughs> percent and i people... even get goosebumps thinking yeah. about it it was so that good was, that was right. some performance that's like that's like one of the performances that people will remember for time, yeah. for a good time. Especially as a as a Latino, you have no idea what that meant. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. just unbelievable. Unbelievable. It was so epic. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I just remember watching it and I was like, how incredible is it that you just have these two women who like are both mothers who are super like love what they do, look so happy to be on stage together are passionate about their craft and just having a good time and putting on a great show and like dancing and just like, yeah, you know, it was just so joyful in this time that I think that we all are kind of lacking a bit of joy in our lives 
to some extent. I've just noticed this shift in the last like three to four years. There, I just find that to not be as prevalent in music uh, all around. And it was just so refreshing to see them just. I don't know. I I just love. I no, love that performance. Yeah, I fully second that. I fully second that. One hundred percent. Like I think. Um, yeah, I don't know why there's like this little bitter, like negative negativity bias, like why towards, towards women. women. And like, I think a lot of Americans also couldn't stand that two Latina women were, were yeah. killing it, you know, so yep. to say. <laughs> and they just basically took that out on like how there's kids present. How could you do this? Like there was nothing inappropriate. They were just having a good time on stage. Like. If yeah. you present to your kids that that's fine, like you don't have to take that in a negative way or in an, in a, in an inappropriate way, manner, it's, it's about how you yeah. raise them to think, you yeah. know? It's not like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. But it's, there's definitely a different treatment, you know, between how, the, how females and males are perceived in the music industry. Mm. Even something like critiquing their bodies, like, Female performers are critiqued like 10 times more. Like I know Billie Eilish, for instance, chooses to dress in like baggy clothes just because she doesn't want people criticizing her body. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want her body to be like an object Mm -hmm. of criticism Mm -mm. for the Mm -hmm. public. So I think that's also like a really big part of the disparity that exists in the music industry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you ever felt that like from your experience? Well, yeah. I mean, I... um... I also think, and this is this is kind of close to an experience that I had at Berkeley. There's so much expectation for women to deliver these like nearly perfect performances that are like I, I find that you know to please the general public, it's this fine balance of like, oh well, sex sells, so like you know throw a little bit of sex appeal in there, but not too much, or else you know you're degrading yourself and like not setting a good example. But then it has to be pristine, you know, production quality and you have to look perfect. Um, And I don't I don't find those expectations to be as high for male performers. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. You know, because I think that the public gets different things, unfortunately, out of um, or maybe just has different expectations because we're conditioned that way from male performers versus female. And I just, um, I think that's unfortunate, but I also, I am <laughs> luckily for me, I am quite a perfectionist in, mm-hmm. in what I do. And I, I do enjoy, you know, like putting on a show and I love to perform and I love, you know, all the visual components that go into it. And I, I do like, you know, yeah. again, I, I do have like a certain level of provocateur to what I do and mm-hmm. um, I enjoy that so um, you know it's all yeah. about finding a balance that works for you I guess yeah um, yeah 100% and uh, yeah and that's a good segue into my next question which is you know how do you um, communicate with your fan base and like how do you navigate through social media um, well uh, I think probably the most important component of engaging with my fan base especially in the time of COVID is through social media that's definitely like what I rely on the most mm-hmm. um I think I've found as the years have gone on is just creating um uh, engaging content and being consistent is really important but also like you know coming across as genuine in wanting to connect with 
mm-hmm. um, your fans as much as possible. Yeah. Um, I definitely think in terms of like cultivating a fan base, personal branding and styling is a big component of, of it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and people like to see as much as I think there is a lot of redundancy on Instagram. I do think that people do respect individuality a lot. Um, and are you one of those artists yeah. who, you know, have one-on-one conversations with fans? Like do you DM them and oh, do you yeah. reply to their I DMs and all that? Oh, as much as possible. Okay. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you how it, it was wonderful, but it was so strange at like the beginning of all of this with my career kind of taking off to see like, <laughs> like personal fan accounts that are like dedicated to me, it's so flattering, but like, wow, I, I literally, this, this is at this level, this is still pretty new to me. And once I started seeing that happening, I was like, really? I was like, these people have no idea who I actually am. Like, I am so <laughs> like, yeah, I'm so goofy in reality. And like, yeah. I mean, Maria knows me personally and has known me for quite some time just for like, it's just such a new thing for me. Yeah. In yeah. Terms of that and stuff. I, I know a lot of Lady Gaga fans also follow you and mm-hmm. because she has one, music credits in one of your songs, right? Yeah. Um, sh- should, we, should we, like, go into that yeah. topic now? Yeah. About our relationship well, yeah, tell with us. Gaga? Yeah. Tell us. Um, yeah. So I guess, God, I'm trying to, like, figure out where to start with this. So I, I've been a huge fan of hers for years and years. So I, I've met a lot of her fans just by like going to her shows and I kind of established myself that like people really knew that I was, I was a huge fan of hers for a while. And I met so many of my close friends in New York by going to see her shows and everything. So um, it had been a big part of my life for a while, but when I started putting out original music, I had this concept for um, my song called November that I wanted to use either a sample of her song, Alejandro. I don't know if you guys remember that song. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was either going to use a sample from that song for, for my track, or I was going to interpolate um, a melody from that song and incorporate it into um, what became the chorus of, of that track. So I reached out to, and I have a couple mutual friends with her just from being on the music scene in New York, but I had reached out to her management um in regards to using that part of her of her song in mine and and I started to slowly um do all the proper registration and, and songwriting credits and and um do all the ins and outs of that and what ended up happening was that once I registered all of the publishing credits and songwriting credits to get my song up and running um and just to make sure we were in the clear to use that sample um it became public record and at the time, all of her fans were gearing up for her new album to come out. So everybody was like scourging the internet for like clues. I'm like, oh my God, when, when's Gaga's album mm-hmm. coming out? When's she gonna drop new music? And so they were on her, um, they were in layman's terms, they were kind of on her like songwriters publishing profile online. And they had seen my name pop up to pop up next to her name on this track called November. And so everybody was like, who's Hunter Blair Ambrose, like what's the song called November. And basically last summer I became basically viral with this, in this community online 
because I posted a snippet of that song and people were like, oh my God, this is the girl who wrote her song with Lady Gaga. Mm. Um, oh which, my wasn't, God. which wasn't quite the case, but um, anyways, it just created this very organic groundswell mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. this upcoming track of mine, um, which I was super grateful for because it created this buzz around um, this new music that I was putting out. And it was like my debut music coming out. I'd never put out original content before and I mean it was all just like a perfect storm of what is now like my core fan base Mm -hmm. and I'm so grateful for that full experience even though it was super unorthodox and very unexpected um it was great I'm so grateful for all of them if you guys are listening thanks so much (laughs) yeah that shows the pop like the the great benefits of social media like how social media can be such a powerful force in this situation but like there's also a negative you know like i mean i know you you were thinking about a little bit about the dark side of social media i wanted to ask uh hunter you know how how are you dealing with like the trolls on social media and all the negativity so um as far as the negative sides of social media go i think as much emphasis as I just put on like social media being instrumental to um, the success that I've experienced and, and communicating with my fans as important as all that stuff is, I don't think you can take it too seriously um, or else I find that sometimes you can kind of start equating Instagram with reality mm-hmm. and then that can kind of like create this kind of imposter syndrome almost mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like um and self-image problems Mm -hmm. and you start like equating like oh how many likes did I get on this picture that kind of like yeah is equivalent to how how much validation yeah exactly yeah as a whole to other people and it's just not it's not the case yeah I think that just kind of like checking yourself on all of that occasionally is really important yeah um as far as trolls go again I really try I mean honestly performing for as long as I have I'm my own worst critic. Um, I've been doing this for a while. I don't take that part of it too seriously. Occasionally, I've had a couple comments here and there where I'm like, okay, I could have I gone living my life without seeing that. But mm-hmm. would, you, I, would you say that you ignored them or do you feel like you, you, there's a need to like reply to it? No, I never reply to it. Okay. Um, I do. It's pretty everyone's different but i mean i'm not i'm not super sensitive to that stuff at the end of the day okay um that's a good thing every once in a while it'll bother me for like a few minutes but then i'll just be like you know what i got my own i got enough problems going on in my own life yeah um got more important things to focus on yeah and i think that you know a lot of what people try to do is like they 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 like feed off of one thing that triggered them and you know create this whole cancel culture that's that's like a new thing happening right at the moment and do you ever feel like, do you ever feel afraid of being canceled? Whatever that really means. Um, before I start on that, I just want to let you guys know my AirPods did just die. Oh, no. So I don't know if there's a huge di- disparity in the sound quality right now. No, no, no. It's all good. Okay. Okay. Um, what was the question? I'm sorry. Yeah. My question was, you know, what's your opinion on cancel culture? And are you ever afraid of being canceled? Quote, unquote. <laughs> um. I don't think that cancel culture is necessarily the most effective way to kind of get us to um, 
a braver, kinder world as a whole. I, I think it does create a lot of, uh, as much as I, I do understand what the whole movement, for lack of a better term, is about, I do think it can go a little bit too far. And I, I try to be cognizant of the fact that at one point or another, especially when we're super young, and also we have shifted culturally a lot over the last decade, I would say. I mean, I don't know if you guys see that, but I think over the oh, last yeah. 10 years, we have become as a whole, like a much more inclusive, tolerant culture. However, I do find that there's a lot of problematic behavior that does need to be called out on because, you know, we are in a different time. And, you know, with what we're all um, witnessing now, I think it's really important more than ever to, you know, stand up for inclusion and kindness and um, sensitivity to a degree as much as possible. But I don't, I do think cancel culture does go too far at times. Um, as far as myself, I'm, I'm not too concerned about it okay. <laughs> <laughs> yet. <laughs> Um, yeah and I also yeah. think that sometimes this whole canceling thing it's just like a thing that causes hype for the moment it's kind of like a clout situation where it's like somebody does something wrong and it's like you drag them for a while and then a week later it's like it's it's on to somebody else you're canceling somebody else you know <laughs> like mm-hmm. people people have moved yeah. on already so yeah I don't like I, I, I yeah I definitely think that people have taken the whole thing concept too far sometimes yeah, but I, you know, definitely taking it too far. Um, talking about like the dark side of social media, like of course, cancel culture does lead to a lot of mental health issues. And there's actually, yeah, some people actually have gone as far as suicide because the death threats and the trolls get to be too much. Mm-hmm. Like, and speaking of mental health issues, like how do you deal with mental health yourself? Well, the biggest savior for me, um, especially this year, I found so much solace um, in songwriting and using creative outlets to kind of channel whatever I'm going through. I mean, I'm so grateful to have that opportunity to kind of express myself with whatever whatever I may be going through. I mean, this year has been particularly hard for me. Um, I mean, I literally went through, like, a breakup on New Year's Eve this year. Like, this whole year from day one has been trash. Oh, no. <laughs> it's been trash. Oh, um, but in terms of, like, men- my mental health, um, and I actually, this is a topic that I touch on a lot in this upcoming album. Um, it is so important to be honest with yourself about it. And this has been a particularly hard year for all of us. And I think that um some things that have helped me in the past and currently just dealing with whatever emotions that might come and go i mean journaling songwriting um being as honest and open about it with yourself especially is so important yeah Um, yeah yeah. and do you think that any of that has like inspired the music that you've put out absolutely um a big oh so this this record that this album that's coming out, um, which is called Scorpio Season, is uh, and also my EP um, was directly inspired by this experience I had with this failed 
uh, relationship of mine. Um, and a big contributing factor to kind of what went wrong in that situation was uh, my struggles with anxiety and mm. how that contributes to, you know, poor communication skills, um, self-esteem problems, uh, denial, et cetera. There, there's so many um, ripple effects to unchecked struggles like that that mm-hmm. can really be detrimental to mm-hmm. a lot of your life. And I think that is something that I touched on in a lot of these songs. Um, but there's also, you know, there are a lot of that, that relationship is uh, something that I'm really grateful for because it changed my life. Yeah. Um, and the struggles that I've been through in my life and then the harder times, it, a lot of it, I can at least say I've gotten some pretty great records out of it that I'm super proud of. And, and it, it has made me stronger in the long run. And I'm, I'm really proud of, you know, the evolution I've made in the last few years. Um, yeah. Good times, bad times, all of it. So I heard from Maria that you had like a, you had like a story that really led up to why you made Scorpio Rising. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Maria, do you want to, I've talked so much. <laughs> do you, do you want to oh say this God. from your perspective? Yeah. Um, I guess I joke. I joke with Hunter about this. I tell her you wouldn't even have an album if it weren't for me. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was my decision to go to this bar that night. So this was around the time that Donald Trump got elected. Like it was my last semester in Boston. And I think we were all pretty down. We were all pretty sad. And that weekend we were like, no, we just got to like do something to get out of this funk. So um, it was my favorite bar in Boston. I was like, let's go to Highball Lounge. And (laughs) we went, a group of us, to that bar. And yeah, let's just say Hunter just disappeared at one point. (laughs) Disappeared. (laughs) Tell us what happened. Yeah, tell us what happened, Maria. Like, I guess we were just, you know, getting drinks or something. And then uh, Hunter was just talking to, like, um, some guys. And I guess none of us. Like, we didn't make an effort to talk to the guys either. We were just, like, in our own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Hunter just, yeah, before we knew it, she was talking to the guy and just you left. You took to, like, off. Dancing with the How guy. could you do that, yeah. Hunter? <laughs> she abandoned us. Okay. To be fair, it wasn't an immediate thing. Uh, we were talking. There were drinks involved. There was, <laughs> there was, like, a method to all of it. Like, I didn't just, like, see him be like, hey, let's get out of here. Okay. Nice to meet you. Let's leave. No, it wasn't like that. Um, um, So what what ended up happening is that I, I guess I can kind of like fill in like a couple holes, but um, no, I I met this guy. It was, um, we were out celebrating my then roommate's birthday a little Mm -hmm. bit early. Mm -hmm. Um, And this was the same friend that I had met Maria through and Mm -hmm. we were all like, you know what, let's go out. Let's like have a good time. And um, it was the guy in question's birthday that night as well and we had we had all just started talking and uh you know it was like an immediate chemistry um okay and i had never felt that strong of like an immediate like attraction to somebody like that before and um you know one thing led to another and um <laughs> this ended up being, here we are yeah um <laughs> almost four years later 
this album's coming yeah. out and um I don't want to really I don't need to get into the ins and outs of what went wrong but it was a pretty defining experience for me mm-hmm. um and and despite things that you know maybe didn't happen in an ideal way um I'm super grateful the experience I I remember I actually told um this guy that I had written this music about him because we had reconnected last year and I had told him I finally fessed up and was like okay so um I just want to let you know that (laughs) uh (laughs) the song that you just heard yeah I like wrote it about like you imagine telling somebody that (laughs) hey my album oh my god guys (laughs) like it was it was one of the craziest moments of my life and what was great about it though is that you know despite things not working out I think the way that I think we both wanted it to work out differently than what ended up happening and it, it, very complicated stuff but um you know regardless of all of that like he was super proud of it of me and like super supportive and was super flattered by all of it and I was just it, it, it was a crazy moment to finally like actually say to this person like mm-hmm. this experience that you and I shared like had a significant impact on my life mm-hmm. and I really you know treasured what he and I did have at one point and I, I, I still feel that way yeah um and, and did he take it well that you oh yeah <laughs> okay yeah I mean he was super I think he was really flattered by it I mean okay. I think you would wouldn't yeah. you be yeah of course <laughs> I mean and he's a Scorpio so like he literally the name of the album yeah Scorpio season yeah. is what because, an honor uh, yeah yeah Four years ago, yes. around this time, close to this time, we were out and about loving The Weeknd's new album. And because of me, Hunter met his muse. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's pretty crazy. It's crazy how, like, crazy, one, right? One night can change so much about your life. Right? Insane. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember, like, talking to him about it. And he, he, I don't think he believes me at first. And I remember, like, because we were, like, texting about it and we had kind of gotten into a conversation about like you know like how did you feel about it and like I thought that we had this great and blah 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 you know let's let's move forward etc and then he like came back and was like so wait like the, so this is like really about me huh and I'm like yeah <laughs> wow <laughs> it is <laughs> crazy crazy story and, uh, yeah no I mean it I am so so grateful for that experience to this day yeah and you know and speaking about your past and your past experiences with music like where do you see yourself with it in five years from now five years from now okay so i'll be 30 um oh wow which is kind of crazy to think about um five years from now i would love to have been able to do some major festivals in the united states and you know, internationally too, if that opportunity presents itself. Mm-hmm. Um, doing Coachella is like a huge dream of mine for sure. Um, I would love to have a couple full length albums under my belt and um, hopefully secure a record deal, um, which I'm kind of in the beginnings of currently. So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, I, I just want to hopefully, you know, be more secure with myself as an artist, as a woman. Um, I would love to make, you know, steps towards 
happiness, whatever that means <laughs> for myself. Yeah. Um, keep making music and also expand um, my repertoire professionally to doing a little bit more music production. Um, you know, doing my own production is a, is a really big goal of mine. Um, I would love to possibly get back into acting a little bit. I did some independent film in my early 20s. Mm. Um, and keep traveling the world, keep meeting new people, new experiences. Nice. Love that. Cool. Love that. Um, Be- before we go, I think we didn't ask you, Hunter, like, who are you aside from your music? Like, tell us just like one little bit about yourself. <sighs> Let's see. Hunter apart from music. Um, she suddenly like she doesn't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> she's a great I'm asking because I know she's a great writer. Yeah. Like I love her writing and I always told her that. Like songwriting, I... you mean? Or just No, like just okay. writing, like actually yeah. I would say well, I'm I'm super passionate about I, I actually was a makeup artist in college. Um that was like my one other job other than like music industry stuff. So, so multi talented. Thank <laughs> you. Thanks guys. Um I love makeup, I love uh fashion styling. Um I'm very, very like interested in like the fashion industry. Um I think in you know, another life if I wasn't musically inclined, I probably would have got into something like that. Um, I'm, I also love film. I'm a big movie buff. Um, I don't watch a lot of TV, but I do like movies a lot. Um, in my spare time, I mean, I really love to travel. I know that's kind of, well, domestically, it's not, I guess, restricted, (laughs) but, uh, I won't be traveling like I used to probably for a while, but, um, yeah, I just love, you know, seeing new places and, you know, writing about new cities I visit and taking tons of pictures. I love photography. Um, yeah, I mean, so multi-talented. Yeah. Like, we're, I'm just so impressed. <laughs> um, Thanks, you know, Tom. and uh, you know, do you want to? You know, coming to the end of this podcast, do you want to plug your music video that's coming out soon and your album? Yeah. So, um, thanks guys for listening. This has been awesome. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Thank you guys for having me, having me on. Of course. course. We love, we loved having you and hearing all about your music and how you blacked out (laughs) when you came to talking about yourself. (laughs) Um, so yeah, but to promote promote my album. Um, so I have, I have an album coming out, uh, this November it's called Scorpio season, um, explores tons of themes about, romance sex isolation loneliness self-discovery all that good stuff um i also have a music video coming out for my song november which is probably coming out in late october um so excited yeah new single will be coming out to promote the record probably also in late october um in the meantime, you guys can stream my EP called Scorpio Rising on all major music platforms. My name's Hunter Blair Ambrose. Yes. Love yes. it. Is there anything else you would like to share before we close? Uh, I just want to say to everybody who might be feeling a little bit uncertain right now, just with the times that we're living through, this too shall pass. We're all going to get through this year. Um, you know? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Keep at it. Keep strong. Keep resilient. (laughs) 
Absolutely. We're all going to get through this yeah, together. We're exactly. all going to get through this together. Yeah. It's just a, a few more. Yeah. We just got to wait it out. Um, but, you know, thank you so much, Hunter. This has been a pleasure. We've enjoyed this thoroughly. And, you know, it's been an honor. And thank you so much for sharing your insights and, you know, um, giving us a little um, peep into like your life with how you, you know, how you go about with your music and stuff. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much. Right, guys thank you for sticking with us till the very end remember to follow us on instagram at get with the times underscore and on twitter at get with the times and on spotify and apple Podcasts, so you can keep up with the latest episodes until next time we're maria garcia and irene babu signing out bye